What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it is all of our picks for SEC Week 11. We'll give you our predictions, matchup breakdowns, and much more. Can anyone pull off a big upset as the season winds down? Locked on SEC starts right now. On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. All right, we've got plenty of action this week. Seven SEC games all in conference, so we're not going to waste any time. We're going to dive right into it with some matchup breakdowns and predictions. Let's do it. Matchup breakdowns. And we start at 12 Eastern on ESPN Saturday morning. It is going to be number eight Alabama at 6-3, Kentucky in Lexington, Bama, an 11-point road favorite. With a victory this week, Alabama can clinch a berth in the SEC championship, already holding the head-to-head over Ole Miss. And the Tide, they've been on a roll since that Week 2 loss to Texas, having won seven games in a row. Of course, coming off of that impressive win over LSU just last Saturday. Kentucky, they're off a dominant win over Mississippi State which snapped their three-game losing streak. And uh, several Wildcats are on the cusp of reaching uh, milestones. Running back Ray Davis, the SEC's number two rusher, he had over 1,000 yards last season at Vanderbilt. He is just 97 yards shy of becoming the 15th Kentucky player to ever rush for 1,000 yards in a season. Now, their wide receivers, sophomore wide receivers Barry and Brown and Dane Key, they need 16 and 50 yards respectively, to reach 1,000 yards for their careers. Now, De'Eric Jackson's uh, 28-yard interception return for a touchdown last week at Mississippi State. That was Kentucky's third pick six this season. That ties Tennessee and Arkansas for the most in the conference. Maxwell Harrison, he had the other two. And Kentucky, uh, they are among four teams tied for seventh with eight interceptions overall. So they've had some takeaways. Can they do that to Jalen Milrow? Kentucky quarterback Devin Leary, been kind of average this season after a lot of off-season fanfare coming over in the transfer portal from NC State. He is eighth in the SEC in passing yards with 18 touchdowns and seven INTs. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, quarterback Jalen Milrow, he set a school record for rushing touchdowns in a game by a quarterback last week in the win over LSU. And defensively, Bama is led by Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell, we're both second in the SEC in sacks. Each of them have seven. Running back Jace McClellan, he is ninth in the SEC with 632 yards. But with a good week this week, he can quickly jump into the top five in rushing if he uh, goes off against Kentucky. Alabama, they have been perfect in games with similar kickoff times. You know, whether they're in the East Coast or Central time zone, 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern, uh, Nick Saban has led the tie to a 27-0 mark with games that have kickoffs at 11.30 a.m. Central or earlier. 27-0. We're going to take the Tide. 11 points seems like a lot. 
I think both teams are maybe sleepwalking a little early. I think maybe it's close at halftime. I told our buddy Chris Marler earlier in the week, maybe it's like 10-7 Bama at the half, and then Bama pulls away in the second half. Give me Bama to cover the points, and Bama wins 38-17. to I'm rooting for Kentucky. I want them to have a good game here. I want them to, you know, maybe keep it close with Alabama. would like to see, you know, maybe Bama, they always kind of have that hangover after the LSU game, but that's in the past where we've had, like, 10-7 type LSU Bama game. That was not really a, a slugfest last week. It was a score fest. But, uh, yeah, give me Bama to win, pulling away in the second half and winning big at Kentucky. In the afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the SEC Network, it is 5-4 Auburn at 3-6 Arkansas. And the Hogs are two-point home favorites despite their 3-6 record. Auburn leads the all-time series 19-12-1. And these are two teams fighting to stay out of the cellar of the SEC West. Auburn, they have beaten the teams they were expected to beat this season, but they've lost to the ones where they've been underdogs. Auburn is an underdog this week. Uh, Arkansas, they have lost to just about everybody, but a little resurgence a week ago, beating Florida in a big one over there in Gainesville. That was a nice win for Arkansas with Having a new OC, Kenny Guyton taking over for Dan Enos, who was fired. And how about this? While Jaden Daniels and Logan Diggs, they rank as the best quarterback, running back, rushing duo in the SEC when you put Jaden and Logan Diggs together. But it's Auburn who ranks second in that category, combined with Peyton Thorne and Jarquez Hunter as rushers. Jarquez Hunter is the SEC's sixth leading rusher. He has put together back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. I think he'll have 100 yards rushing against Arkansas this week. Now, the Razorbacks, they have lost four of five games since that LSU game, and all four losses came by one possession. So, look, despite all their troubles, Auburn has put up, or Arkansas has put up fights. For the Hogs, they have got Rocket Sanders back. Uh, he was great in the win over Florida last week, rushing for 103 yards. Almost a six-yard average per carry. He looked more like that guy who rushed for 1,300 yards a year ago. How about this for another fun stat? When Peyton Thorne has thrown for 105 yards or more, Auburn hasn't lost. He's failed to hit that mark five times this season. Auburn had, had won six straight games in this series before Arkansas uh, had a 14-point victory last year. And that got the Hogs a bowl appearance. Last time Arkansas beat Auburn in Fayetteville was in 2015. Arkansas's kicker, Cam Little, he was named a Grozo Award semifinalist this week. He's 16 of 18 on field goal attempts. He has made two longer than 50 yards. And how about some notes on K.J. Jefferson coming into this week? Uh, some history can be made. Against AM back in week five, K.J. passed Matt Jones to become the school's career uh, record holder for combined touchdowns. Last week against Florida, he surpassed Tyler Wilson's school record for completions. And he tied Brandon Allen for first on the Razorbacks' all-time passing touchdown list at 64. So this weekend against Auburn, KJ enters the game within striking distance, 159 yards away of Wilson's career passing yard record of 77.65. And he already holds the school record for total career yards at 93.27 few connections here. Arkansas's defense coordinator, Travis Williams, he's in his first season with the Hogs. He played linebacker at Auburn 
from 2001 to 2005 and uh, was an assistant with Auburn from 2009 to 2011 and then 2014 through 2020. Arkansas played against Auburn coach Hugh Freeze last year when he coached Liberty and the Flames won that one 21 to 19. I keep going back and forth on this one. I think it is a 50-50 game right now. But I think we're going to default. We're going to go with the home team. Give me Arkansas minus the two. And we'll take the Hogs at home. But look, this could be a big one for uh, for Auburn. I mean, they, they could if they win this one and the offense is clicking, maybe they start building a little momentum and some confidence before they get to the Iron Bowl in a couple weeks. And as we know, sometimes you have to throw the records out in the Iron Bowl. Sometimes it's just... Uh, hatred versus hatred, and that makes it a close game. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll continue to preview SEC Week 11 here in just a sec. This episode of Locked on SEC brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors, they got everything you need, need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, all of that is there for you, whether you're in a speed, power, or style. eBay Motors, they got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And they got that eBay guaranteed fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. And with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive. Check them out, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. It's ebaymotors.com. I run along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep on coming back and checking us out. And a reminder, every Friday, our Locked On College Football Preview Show across our uh, Locked On College channels. You can find that right here on Locked On SEC. We're previewing the SEC. They're talking big picture college football preview at all the games. So uh, check that out. All right, let's dive back into it with our uh, weekend matchup breakdowns. And next up, we are going to head out to... Baton Rouge, as it is 5-4 Florida at number 19 LSU. 630 Central on the SEC Network. LSU, a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, the big question here, is Jaden Daniels going to play? He got knocked out of that Alabama game a week ago from a hit by Dallas Turner. Brian Kelly saying last night, Jaden Daniels practiced on Thursday. Quote, he's passed the protocol, and I'd say he's probable for Saturday. So, look, if Jaden was practicing Thursday, he's going to play. Garrett Nussmeyer, the backup, he's serviceable. He could probably do the job if they needed to. But if they're saying Jaden Daniels is probable, Jaden Daniels is going to play in this one. Jaden Daniels trying to uh, have a great season. Brian Kelly, a second season not as successful as his first one so far. Uh, the offense has been fantastic, one of the best in the nation. But losing to Bama last week knocked LSU out of the SEC West race after they won it last year, beating Alabama. Brian Kelly has said their goal now is to win their final three regular season games, get a bowl win, and that would give LSU 10 wins for a second straight year. That would certainly be a feather in Kelly's cap. But it's kind of interesting. These two coaches were hired at the same time, and yet it seems like uh, Billy Napier is the one whose seat continues to get warmer, while Brian Kelly 
appears to be safe. We'll see what he does with defense quarter Matt House. If he brings him back next year, maybe he's not so safe. But Florida, they still need one more victory to become eligible for a bowl game. But it's going to be tough. Their final three games are here against a top, rank, a top 20 ranked LSU team, number 16 Missouri next week, and number four Florida State to finish off the season. You got to win one of those to go bowling, Billy. Now for LSU, Jaden Daniels, he leads the nation with almost 3,500 total yards. He has been uh, pretty ridiculous out there. He has the second most rushing yards by a quarterback with 684. He ranks fifth nationally with almost 2,800 passing yards, and he was second in touchdowns passes with 27. He's still kind of in the Heisman discussion. I don't think he'll win it, but certainly if LSU wins out, I think he deserves at least an invite to New York. Look, it's not all about wins, right? I mean, J.J. McCarthy's playing very well at Michigan, but compare his stats to Jaden Daniels. Not even close. It's not really Jaden Daniels' fault. He has a terrible defense. Now, for Florida, wide receiver Ricky Parasol, he knows Jaden Daniels very well. They were teammates together at Arizona State back in 2019. Parasol's fourth in the SEC in receiving yards at 773. And the good news for Ricky, LSU's defense stinks. Now, the Gators, they're trying to avoid history. They have allowed... 39 or more points in three consecutive games. The first time that has happened since 1917. The program has never done it in four straight games. Uh, LSU is scoring an average of 45 points a game. So can Florida keep LSU under 39? That is going to be the big question. The series between the two teams, it was tied at 33, 33, and 3. But three of LSU's wins were vacated this past summer. Uh, the 2013 to 2015 wins under Les Miles. So LSU, their longest winning streak in this series is four. That was from 1977 to 1980. And then from 2019 to current. So LSU has never won five in a row against Florida in this rivalry. That dates back to the 1930s and 40s. They can do it for the first time with a win in this one. Now we get to our pick. Look, it sounds like Jaden Daniels is healthy. Florida's been not a great road team this year. They lost, of course, at Utah week one. They uh, got smoked at Kentucky. They eked out that two-point road win at South Carolina. They still have to go to Mizzou next week. I'm taking LSU. Give me the Tigers to cover the 14 late. LSU wins this one 45-28. to 28. Next up in the evening, it is going to be 4-5 and five Mississippi State at 5-4 and four Texas A&M. This will be 6.30 Central on ESPN2. The Aggies, a massive 17-point home favor. This one was 19.5 a couple days ago, so maybe some money coming in on Mississippi State. Uh, but State leads the series 9-7 and seven all time. A&M, they need a win to become bowl eligible after they failed to get to one last year. The Aggies have lost 3-4. of four. Capped by last week's 38-35 loss at Ole Miss. They will uh, face Mississippi State, who is not very good. They're coming off of losses to Auburn and Kentucky. AM quarterback Max Johnson is expected to start Saturday. He has been banged up. There was some talk of, uh, you know, maybe could jeopardize his playing this week. He will face a defense that is 66th in the country, averaging 229 yards a game given up. Max just threw for a season-high 305 with a touchdown, a pick, in the loss to Ole Miss. For uh, Mississippi State, their wide receiver and kind of do-it-all return man, Dietrich Griffin, they call him Tulu Griffin. 
Uh, he leads the Bulldogs at 554 yards receiving, set that school record with 256 yards receiving in the loss to South Carolina in September. Uh, A&M has been susceptible at times, giving up pass plays. But for the Aggies defensively up front, that's where they're so good. Edron Cooper leads the SEC and is tied for fifth in the SEC with 16 tackles for a loss this year. His seven sacks rank second in the conference, and he's ninth in the SEC with 59 tackles. Mississippi State, they have won the last two games in this series. State, they forced at least one turnover in 10 of the, their last 14 games. Woody Marks, a running back, holds the school record for catches with 206 in his career. He has at least one catch in each of his 43 games played. Defensively for the Bulldogs, Nathan Pickering, he has a career-high 35 tackles with two sacks this year. Linebacker Jet Johnson leads the SEC with 92 tackles. And Bookie Watson, the other linebacker, he is second in the conference with 87 tackles. They are tackling machines. The Aggies, they rank sixth in the SEC, averaging 32 points a game. They got the offense. Texas A&M, they lead Power 5 schools with 81 tackles for a loss, and they rank second with 34 sacks. Jamar Turner, he has at least one tackle for a loss in seven of A&M's nine games. Anaya Smith, he ranks eighth in the SEC, 72 yards receiving a game. I think the Aggies win and win big. I think Mississippi State's offense is stymied in College Station, and I'll take the Aggies winning this one 31-10, to 10, giving the Aggies a cover. All right, back to the morning at 12 Eastern on the SEC Network. It is two and eight Vanderbilt at three and six South Carolina. The Gamecocks fourteen point home favorites. Really a must win for Shane Beamer and what's been a really rough season. South Carolina fighting for their postseason lives, while Vanderbilt wants to avoid going winless in the SEC. The Gamecocks have to win out if they hope to make third year coach Shane Beamer three for three in reaching a bowl game. The Commodores they're trying to avoid a second Ofer in the three years that Clark Lee has been there. Ofer meaning. Not winning a conference game. Uh, South Carolina receiver Xavier Leggett is second in the SEC with 108 receiving yards a game. He had nine catches for 217 and two touchdowns in the win over Jacksonville State a week ago. Vanderbilt linebacker Langston Patterson had a sack, a forced fumble, and a pick in their loss to Ole Miss two weeks ago. Spencer Rattler, he leads the SEC in pass attempts at 304. Uh, he is tied for, or South Carolina is tied for last in the conference with 37 sacks allowed. So Spencer keeps throwing it up and uh, keeps taking shots, but man, he is getting sacked a lot. South Carolina, they hold a 14-game win streak versus Vanderbilt. The Commodores' last win in the series came in 2007 when the school ended an 0-14 mark against then-Gamecocks coach Steve Spurrier. Vanderbilt has at least two wins over every other SEC East team since their last win against South Carolina. Vandy wide receiver Will Shepard, he had four catches for 43 yards in Auburn's loss last week, became the eighth Vanderbilt uh, player to surpass 2,000 career receiving yards. Commodores will have their fifth straight season of two or fewer SEC wins. They are 3-36 and 36 in SEC play during this span. Not looking good for Clark Lee and company. The Gamecocks... They're looking for back-to-back wins for the first time since defeating Tennessee and Clemson to finish off last season. I'm going to take the Gamecocks to win this one and cover the 14. Give me South Carolina beating Vanderbilt 34-17. All right, coming up next on Locked on SEC, we will get to the two biggest games of the week. We'll give you some uh, news and notes and things to watch for in that one. That's coming up in just a sec. 
And I want to remind you about our friends over at Jace Medical. It's J-A-S-E Medical. We spend a lot of time talking here on this podcast. We get fired up on wins and losses, who starts and sits. And today, uh, a little bit more of a personal conversation. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics uh, are there for you. Go online right now to jacemedical.com. You'll receive your 12-month supply of your daily medis- uh, medication. And remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. They said, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and, and have to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kits. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medicine, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered to you. Remember to use our promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. All right, diving back into it. We got two more games to get to here on Locked on SEC, getting ready for SEC Week 11. And they are the headliners of this week, so let's dive back into it. First up, at 3.30 Eastern on CBS, it is going to be number 13, Tennessee, at number 14, Missouri. And uh, the Tennessee Vols, they are two-point road favorites. The first meeting between these two teams when ranked since Eli Drinkwitz has taken over at Mizzou, he has seen some offensive explosions from the Vols. In 2020, Tennessee put up over 400 yards and four touchdowns on Mizzou. In 2021, the Vols ran for 450 and five touchdowns, scoring 62. And then last year, with Hendon Hooker and company, Josh Eipel put up 460 yards and 66 points. Now, this year may be different. Missouri may have their best defense in years heading into this game against the Vols. Uh, The Tigers are fifth in the SEC and among the top 25 nationally in defending the run. And as Rake Straw and Chris Abrams drain, they give uh, Mizzou two of the league's best corners. But for the Vols, their running back room is led by that three-headed monster in the backfield. Jalen Wright is second in FBS with 7.5 yards per carry, leads the SEC with six 100-yard games. That's the most by a Tennessee running back in a season since Jalen Hurd did it in 2015. And uh, that 5.7 yards per carry from the Tennessee backfield, that is the fifth best in the country. Now, remember, Alabama held the Vols in check to just 133 yards on the ground in that 34-20 win earlier this season. Even though the Vols have beaten Mizzou by a combined 128-48, over these last couple years, the series has been close, with Tennessee holding a six to five, six and five advantage. This will be the first time they meet when they are both ranked. If there was a positive for Missouri, it's their quarterback Brady Cook. They're for 321 yards and three touchdowns while running for 106 in uh, last year's game. He's already thrown for 2,400 yards with 16 touchdowns this year with five picks. Tennessee, they are still trying to figure out. Um, how to replace Kamal Haddon, who had that season-ending injury. So the secondary hasn't been great. They've been vulnerable to the pass. And Brady Cook and the Tigers averaging 684 a game through the air. That's fifth in the SEC, number 23 in the country. Now for Tennessee, Joe Milton, 
He was three for three for 105 yards and a touchdown in mop-up duty against Mizzou last year, but he's coming off a near-perfect game in the beatdown of UConn for the Vols. He only threw 14 times, but still had 254 yards and two touchdowns. He has thrown a touchdown pass in 13 consecutive games. It's tied with Tony Robinson for the third longest streak in school history. Tennessee is outscoring opponents 89-29 to in the first quarter this year. So will we see, you know, an early strike from Tennessee? Vols, they have scored at least one touchdown in the first 15 minutes under Josh Heupel in 31 of their 35 games. In fact, they have been shut out in the first quarter only once this season. That was against Austin P. ironically. I think we get a lot of points scored in this one, but I think I'm going to side with the Vols. I think their ground game gets it going, and I think Mizzou maybe a little bit banged up physically and emotionally after that game against Georgia last week in Athens that they lost late. We're going to go Tennessee in a win here, 38-31. Tennessee over Mizzou covering the two points. And now that brings us to our night game. On ESPN, 7 p.m. Eastern, it is number nine Ole Miss at number two Georgia. For the second week in a row, the Bulldogs will find a ranked team in Athens. Number 10 Ole Miss, they visit Sanford Stadium on Saturday. Ole Miss, they or Georgia, they are looking for their third straight national championship. To do that, they got to keep winning. No team has won three straight national championships in the poll era, but they have been fantastic. Kirby Smart saying this week, we've got a hell of a challenge against a top 10 ranked team in Ole Miss. They just beat number 16 Mizzou a week ago, and they face an upcoming road trip to Rocky Top next week to face number 14 Tennessee. Georgia can clinch a spot in the SEC title game with a victory this week, though that could be checked off before they even take the field. Of course, if earlier earlier in the day some other things happen, Missouri knocks off Tennessee, then Georgia's got it no matter what. Uh, now, as for Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, his high-scoring team, led by Jackson Dart and Quinjun Judkins in the backfield. They haven't given up a win in the SEC West. They would need some help. They would need Georgia to, or Kentucky to beat Alabama earlier in the day. Not sure if that will happen, but uh, tight end Caden Priestcorn saying, look, I think people are really, really starting to believe we have a shot to go to the college football playoff. So we will see. Uh, Georgia, they're putting a lot of stuff on the line this week. Georgia has won 26 consecutive games, a school record since their last loss to Alabama in the 2021 SEC Championship game. The Bulldogs have not lost a regular season game since 2020, ripping off 36 wins in a row. Georgia also has a 24-game home win streak at Sanford Stadium. That ties the school mark set from 1980 to 83 in the Herschel Walker era. Georgia's been ranked number one in the AP for 21 consecutive weeks. That is tied with Miami for the second longest streak in the poll history. USC, they hold the record at 33 weeks in a row. Two of the nation's best QBs facing off in this one. Georgia has not missed a beat since losing Stetson Bennett. Carson Beck has been very good, completing more than 72% of his passes. 2,700 yards, 16 touchdowns with just four picks. Jackson Dart, he's completing 66% of his passes for nearly 2,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, four picks. So both quarterbacks very good, but... Jackson Dart using his legs, rushing for over 330 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. Ole Miss, they have never beaten a team ranked number one in the AP poll. Ole Miss, remember last season, started 8-1 as well, only to lose their last four games. 
I like Georgia to win, and I like Georgia to win big. Give me the Bulldogs to win this one, 45-23. I cover the 10 and a half. I'm sure will Lane Kiffin take this audio and put it on a put it on a replay in the this locker room. It feels like uh, I'm putting myself in danger there. I don't know. I just I look at this matchup. I get it. Everybody thinks Ole Miss has a chance. Their offense is great, but it's in Athens at night, man. Georgia, I think, just flips a switch. I think they win going away. We saw this already this year. Remember against Kentucky, um, against Florida, when people doubted Georgia, they just they run away with it, man. Uh, one last tidbit here. Uh, some audio leaked out this week from Lane Kiffin, his heated exchange with DeSanto Rollins, a uh, player that was kicked off the team by Lane Kiffin following a, quote, mental health break. Uh, I was mentioned in a lawsuit back in September, but the audio came out this week of Lane Kiffin, and uh, we'll see what happens. I just think it's worth mentioning because it's one of those stories that a lot of old Miss fans saying, why is this, you know, what's the timing on this? Why is this coming out this week? But, uh, Nonetheless, wherever you fall on it, listen to the audio. See if you, uh, you know, a lot of people side with Lane Kiffin saying, look, kid didn't live up to his responsibilities, mental health issues aside. Got to communicate to your coach what's going on. If you're no-show and, and that sort of thing, other people saying Lane Kiffin should have been more sensitive, should have uh, listened to the kid's needs and, um, you know, curse, curses him out in the audio. So whatever, wherever you fall on it, take a listen to it and see what you think. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. And shout out to everydayers. Come on back on Monday. We'll have our winners and losers of the weekend right here on Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys then.